0: Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week we are joined by our teaching pastor, Ian Simpkins, as we continue our series, Love Does. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org, and remember, you can always find us at the Yellow Box on Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Good morning. How are you feeling this morning, everybody? Yeah, applause even in the... All right, I like that. How how many of us uh, have ever felt in our lives perhaps a bit rushed? Anyone? (laughs) How many of you are still trying to catch your breath from running in here this morning? Here are a couple of embarrassing examples. Have you ever yelled at the microwave for your microwave meal taking too long to heat up? You're like, 90 seconds, who has that kind of time? (laughs) Or how about this one? This happened... Yesterday, uh, you yell at a red light for taking just a little too long. Basically, the theme for me is yelling at inanimate objects, I guess, is my confession to you. How many of you have ever screamed at a red light and then went flying from that red light only to be caught at the next red light? (laughs) So full disclosure, I'm the guy next to you laughing at you. I can't... Anyone else with me? Maybe I'm just sick in the head. That is... One of the greatest joys in my life. <laughs> now imagine all of us had an app on our phone that counted down the years, months, weeks, days, and hours that we had left on this earth. It'd be kind of sobering, wouldn't it? I imagine the reviews would be a bit depressing. But imagine having that on you at all times exactly how much time was left now that's probably not true for any of us but it should force us to think though right if you had only 24 hours to live what would you do with it how would you spend it in fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and share with him your answer. What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? How would you spend it? Go. <laughs> Some laughter, a little crying. <laughs> this morning, I want us to think with that level of intentionality. If I had 24 hours, one day, what would I do with it? In fact, we're going to go a step further, and we're going to put a countdown timer on the screen, marking 24 hours, sometime during this sermon. Oh, it's there, right. It's not on wrong screen. Clearly, this guy didn't rehearse. Now, full disclosure, like, this is every preacher's nightmare, right? Like a projected countdown timer for everyone to see. I I promise I won't take more than two of your next 24 hours. Some of you are new and you're like, is he joking? I can't tell if he's joking or not. I guess you'll see. (laughs) Today we're wrapping up our series uh, called Love Does. And the title of today's message is Love Takes Time. Now we've been talking for the last month or so Uh, about what it is to love. What does love actually mean? And we've said over and over again that in order to understand love, we have to go to the source of love. And as Jesus' friend John says, God is love. He is himself ontologically love. Now, that verse may not be all that encouraging, except that we see love embodied in the person of Jesus. If you want to know what love is, look to God. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. And Jesus shows us something fascinating about love, and it's this. Love isn't passive. It doesn't wait on the sidelines. It's active. It has sacred physicality and movement. Love does. And Jesus is showing us this over and over and over again. Now, I'm I'm sure at some level, we're all aware of time in general, right? We we wear it on our wrist. We have it on our phone. Most every room has a clock in it somewhere. In fact, sometimes uh, I walk by a clock just to pass the time. (laughs) You're very gracious. Thank you. (laughs) And maybe you've said something like this. Time is slipping away, time went so fast, time really flies. But here's the one that I hear most often, perhaps you can finish it. We often say to each other, man, where did the time go? Where did the time go? Now, the simple answer is away. (laughs) It's somewhere else. But the reality is we've all felt that sinking feeling of regret when we feel like time has gotten away from us. Don't we? I mean, have you ever reunited with a friend that you really, truly love and you're looking at them, you're sharing a meal, and you're like, why don't we do this more often? We should do this more often. And then two years goes by and you haven't even talked to them. We've all felt the sting and the weight of time getting away from us. I I doubt any of us, especially those dedicating babies, today, would want to wake up years down the road and say, I wish I had spent more time on the things that matter. So how can we be more intentional then with our time? How, how can we be more focused in how we spend our time? Or, or better yet, how can we love people with our time? I think Jesus understood this beautifully. Think about it. He, he was alive for roughly 33 years of his life. And he spent the first 30 in relative obscurity. Isn't that wild? For you mathematicians in the room, that's three years of ministry on the earth. All of his teachings, all of his miracles, all of his interactions, three years in his earthly ministry. To put that in context, that's about the length of one Lord of the Rings movie. (laughs) Jesus understood that time was precious. But here's something that I love about Jesus. That even with all of the the demands on his time, all of the pressure from his friends and the crowd, he always was making intentional decisions to slow down, to connect with God and others. He models for us beautifully that love takes time. Here are a couple of examples. On one occasion, Jesus was going to be with a dying girl. And in the midst of this crowd, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years reached out and grabbed his cloak. Now, Jesus could have easily just kind of powered through and said, No, I'm going to be with this girl, but he doesn't. He stops. And he not only heals this woman, but he hears her story. He looks her in the eye and says, tell me who you are. On another occasion, Jesus is headed toward Jerusalem. These are the final hours of his life and there's a blind man begging at the side of the road. And with all that was weighing in on him, all the distractions, all of the sorrow, all of the anguish, all of the heartache, he stops again. He stoops down. He looks him in the eye and heals him. Another occasion, many of you are familiar with Mary and Martha, two sisters with very different temperaments. Martha is consumed with all the household tasks. She has Jesus coming over after all. How many of us wouldn't maybe perhaps pull out the old Hoover to tidy up a bit? Right? An understandable response. And Mary... Is simply sitting at the feet of Jesus, soaking it in. How many of us, when we hear that story, we're team Martha? Right? Like, like Mary needs to get her life together. Right? Clean a dish or two, come on. But who does Jesus commend? He commends Mary. He says, with all that could be done here, you've, cho- you've chosen the better thing. Some of you might be excited to hear then that the dishes can wait. That might be all the sermon you need to hear this morning. <laughs> the dishes can wait. And those are just a few examples. But my personal favorite comes from Matthew chapter 19. And in Matthew 19, in verse 13, it says, One day some parents brought their children to see Jesus so that he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Now again, let's enter into the story a bit. If you're a parent, and you hear that Jesus, this rabbi, is in town, this seems like a reasonable request. I mean, we just saw that modeled beautifully on this stage. The laying on of hands, the prayer and blessing is a powerful thing. But let's... Let's not chastise the disciples too quickly either, though. If I was to enter into their mind a bit, they're probably just trying to protect Jesus, right? From all the demands on his time, from all the things weighing in on him. And the disciples were actually reflecting a posture that was pretty common in this age. In the ancient Near East, children were pretty low down on the ladder, They couldn't work in the fields yet. They couldn't build. They really didn't bring much value to the family. But Jesus is going to do something like he often does that is wildly unexpected. Verse 14 says, But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. So imagine this scene unfolding. You're an eager parent. You're holding your child. Would you pray for my child? Jesus, will you lay, my, lay your hands on my child? And the disciples are scolding them. And just as you're defeated, carrying your child away, Jesus says, no, 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 hold up, hold up. Bring him in. Bring him in close. I imagine Jesus maybe even got out the selfie stick, right? Like he was there fully in this moment, Jesus so often is living in ways that were counter to his culture. When everything in his age says, um, they're not worth your time, they're so low down on the rung, you have better things to do, Jesus says, come close. Come. In fact, in this next verse, he actually lays his hands on them, which for a Jewish audience was to declare, you have great and mighty worth. You are valuable. You are seen. Jesus models this for the entire crowd, and he sends a clear message that he has time, even for children. So who are maybe those easily overlooked people in your life? My guess that if you have children, yeah, they probably drive you crazy now and again, but you really, you, you love them more than you thought you could ever love anything, right? Maybe you, maybe you have a close relative. May, maybe you have parents or roommates that it's, it's easy for you to love. You're around them a lot and so they, they stomp on your nerve. But at the end of the day, there's nothing but love for that person. But who, who are the easily missed, overlooked people in your life? Maybe it's a cashier Someone who's bagging her groceries. I'm amazed at how much even a little bit of effort in the drive through can change someone's day. In fact, when Katie and I were dating, she was living in the city. And so I was always driving into the city uh, to meet with her. And I remember for some reason I had read something that sparked this in my mind. I wanted to spend a month uh, caring for those that seem the most overlooked in society. And the person that I came up with was the toll booth person. Like this, tol- this person sees thousands of people every day and probably the most they ever get is, right? And then people drive on. They're, they're not a, a, a deeply loved demographic. So I decided I'm going to go through the toll every time I go and see Katie for a month and see if I can't try to love some of them well. Well, as it turns out, I kept getting this same sweet old lady whose name was Rose. Rose. And she would recognize me and I would recognize her and in 15 second bursts, I would hear a part of her story over the course of this month. Well, this was in February and I was driving down uh, for Valentine's Day and I thought, I'm going to make a card for Rose just in case I actually get her booth. The odds are slim, but we'll, we'll see. And sure enough, I pull up and Rose pops her little head out the booth. And I said, Rose, it's so good to see you. I made you this card. And immediately her eyes fill with tears and she leans out of the booth <laughs> to give me this huge bear hug to which I can only imagine what the cars behind me were thinking. <laughs> this old lady's going to murder this guy in the Kia. And I've never forgotten that interac- That card cost me three cents to make. Who are the people that culture and society would say, not worth your time, don't worry about them, that we could take time for? Now, this may look like trying to add one more thing into an overstuffed schedule, but this is what I think it means to live on mission for Jesus, that all of life is mission. Because what do we want for the world? Redemption. I want that for my family. I want that for my neighbor. I want it for the guy bagging my groceries. And I get to bring the grace of an invisible Jesus everywhere I go. So h- how do we become intentional about our time? How do we step off the treadmill of just cramming one more thing into our schedule? Simply put, here's how. We have to be intentional to choose the best over the good. We have to be intentional about choosing the best over the good. Obviously, we still have to do the dishes. You still gotta vacuum every once in a while. But there are times when we need to choose connection over completion. Choose connection over completion. I've been doing some research, and I've actually found something pretty mind-blowing about these everyday tasks in our life. And do you want to know what I found? This is gonna blow your mind. This is what I found. They're never done ever dishes keep getting dirty grass keeps growing gosh darn it the tasks are never done now this may rattle some of you a bit the dishes can stay dirty sometimes the lawn that's right preach it girl come on (laughs) shoot (laughs) yeah Lost my place. Where am I? (laughs) I said the dishes can stay dirty. (laughs) All right, that's yeah. (laughs) Think back to the story of Mary and Martha, though. I I can relate to Martha. I don't want to serve Jesus leftovers. I can't have the house looking like I I really do get it. But but Jesus commends. In fact, listen to what he says here in Luke's account. He says, "My dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details." which she probably said, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) right? There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha wasn't doing bad things. It, It wasn't like Martha was doing drugs, right? Or like selling Nickelback CDs. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She was doing good things, but Mary chose the best instead of the good. Now, this does not mean that when we choose connection that it will always go well for us, okay? Here's what I know to be true. Sometimes we will choose connection over completion, and we will feel like that time of connection actually uh, did not go according to plan. One of the things that Katie and I have tried to be really intentional about is a a weekly date night. Carving out a night to focus on having a date. Some dates go better than others, as you can imagine. Early in our relationship, I had a plan to take her to this castle tower that I discovered in Elgin along the Fox River. Some crazy guy flew over from France, or so the rumor goes, doesn't live in it, but there's this huge castle tower. So I tracked him down, got the key. We rode our bikes 15 miles to get to this castle tower. And uh, he, here's part of it right here. That's not the whole tower, but that's part of the entrance there. And I climbed to the very top. There I am. And this shot was taken right before a tragic moment. I'm up at the top. Katie took that photo. Don't, we can go back. Yeah, don't go to that one yet. Well, you can show my guns if you want. Um, <laughs> I'm waving to Katie. She's waving up, and then she says, what's all that dirt around you? And I said, dirt, and I turn around, and I'm surrounded by no fewer than 400 killer wasps. And the entrance to the top of this castle tower was a hatch that is now closed shut. And so now I'm getting stung over and over and over again, looking really manly in the process, just waving and flailing. And Katie's like, what's happening? I'm like, it hurts so bad. It hurt so bad, I can't see. Katie eventually had to climb the ladder to push the latch open so I could climb back down and that next photo is me with my weaponry to seek my revenge on the killer wasps, <laughs> of which I was stung again. <laughs> and I had welts that were bleeding. I had like 160 different Sting marks all over my body. I should have gone to the hospital. But I said, no, we have a date night. (laughs) We're going to see the sunset. And we walked to the river and we watched the sunset. And then I passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Choosing to carve out time will not always go as we planned. But so often the good can become the enemy of the best. Good things... That choke out our time and keep us from carving it out. A second way we can be intentional is to choose quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. Now, I'm not suggesting that you stop hanging out with your friends and go live in a cave, you know, because of like an absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of moment, but we need to pick our spots for quality time. There's a guy named Gary Chapman, and he wrote a brilliant book called The Five Love Languages. If you've not read it, uh, please do. It's excellent. And he describes quality time this way. He talks about a mother rolling a ball with her child, and he says if that mother's on the phone or watching TV or doing her taxes, um, that doesn't count as quality time. In fact, he goes on to say this. Quality time is not the activity itself, but the emotions that are created between the mother and her child. This is one I'm really, really bad at. I'm okay being with people. Quality time is very difficult. Chapman goes on to describe three elements of quality time. First, quality conversation. Taking time to share thoughts and feelings and desires. Quality listening. Gentlemen, listen up. (laughs) Not trying to fix each other's problems, but taking time to be fully present. Number three, quality activities. doesn't really matter what you're doing if you're climbing a castle tower or just sharing Taco Bell but it's about the focused time together for those of us who are parents in the room it's okay breathe deeply research has shown that it's actually not about how much it's not about how much time but what you do with that time now there's one final way that I think we live this out but before I tell you what it is I'm going to give you a quick hint. Yeah, I just went down? give oh. a second. I'll come back. <laughs> Something just happened in the world, and we to Anyone feeling convicted yet? How many, of you, how many of you have reached for your phone more than five times during this talk? I'm not saying technology is bad. Obvious. I post on Facebook more than someone who does CrossFit. I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I can send my brother a random meme of a kitten. I can watch my other brother race his girls on Instagram. Uh, I love that. But sometimes, and here's the third, we need to choose together over technology. We need to choose together over technology. And I, I know some families actually have a basket at their front door that when you enter the home, you, you put your phone in the basket so that you can spend time together. I, I know friends who have stacked up their phones when they're at a restaurant in the middle of the table, and whoever reaches for it first has to cover the tab. I, I think technology is remarkably useful, but what would it look like if we were intentional about choosing together instead of technology? Have you ever been at a restaurant or a diner and you looked across the way and you saw two people who were eating a meal together and both of them were on their phones. How many of you have been that person? Th- these are precious moments. The, the breath in our lungs, this very moment, is a gift. Our family and friends, th- those around us, they're a gift. May we be a people who are intentional about loving them with our time. Love is not hurried. Love is not busy. Love slows down and takes the time. So take a look at that timer. When that timer runs out, what really matters? What would it look like in the next day, week, week? month, or year to prioritize the things that matter most? Or maybe more pointedly, what would need to change? What might we need to rearrange? How could the next 24 hours be different than the last 24 hours? Or maybe how could the next 24 hours be better than the last 24 hours? What do we need to say no to in order to say yes to love? to intentionality, to relationships, to walking in the way of Jesus. I mean, let's face it, time is slipping away. We, we know that. Let's be intentional with every moment we're gifted to choose the best instead of just what is good. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of another day, of another breath for loving us with that kind of love. Help us to even in this moment decide the things we need to say no to, to step back from, to be intentional with. Help us to love you with our entire lives because love does and love takes time. We thank you and we love you, Father. And we pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen.